we like to say good morning to everyone. We are thankful and, and grateful uh, for the presence of our local assembly. We are also thankful and grateful for our online community. Let's give God a hand clap of praise, amen, for our online community. We just praise God for, for our online community. We know that we've been having some technical problems, and last week we did not get to air. Uh, however, in God's will, we believe everything is going to be fine this morning. We believe everything will be fine. And we want to say to those that's out there in our online community as well as those that are present here, uh, whatever you do this weekend, make sure that you protect yourself, make sure you wear your mask, make sure you're not somewhere in a, a group of a lot of people. Uh, things are you know, on the increase, things are on the rise. The, the COVID-19 is on the rise. And if we do what we're supposed to do, and I believe the Lord that he's going to do what he has to do. But we have to do our part. Amen. And at this time, we're going to go forth and we're going to hear from the word of God. We're going to hear what the Lord has to say. Amen. And this is, has become a place of prophecy so much. Sometimes we are afraid to even speak certain things, but we know that they will come to pass. Amen. So let's give God a hand clap of praise for the word this morning. Amen. Good morning, church. Good morning, church. Once again, good morning. morning. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray. Father, in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, blessed is your name. Father, we thank you this morning for bringing us together once again, Father, to hear and declare your word, Father God. Father, we ask for the strength and the ability to walk it out, Father. And we ask in Jesus' name that you will continue to bless us and keep us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Let the church say amen. Amen. Once again, let the church say amen. Amen Amen and amen and amen. The title of our message today is Casting Crowns. Casting Crowns. You know, when you cast something out, uh, you protrude it from yourself. Sort of like a fishing rod. It's connected to the man, the woman, whoever, child. And not only that, but the line is hooked to it. The hook is on it. The worm is on it. Or whatever bait you're using. And when you cast it out, the gravitational pull sinks it down into the place where you cast it out at in hopes of catching something. And that's the way faith is. We cast out our faith and just like we don't know what's under the waters that we're fishing in, but we cast it out in faith. Now, sometimes we have to move our faith around. In other words, sometimes we have to cast in different places before we can get the desired results. Amen? Casting crowns. You know, faith is like everything else in many ways. If we don't go at it, if we don't thrust it out, then it becomes null and void. But I want us to start out in Revelations 4, verses 10 
and verses 11. If you will go with me there. Revelations 4, verses 10, verses 11. Amen. Amen. I want to bring a word today that will give hope, that will give guidance, and that will give authority to our lives. Amen. Amen. Bible tells us here that Revelations 4, verses 10, that the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, not some things, but all things. And for thy pleasure they are and were created. We see here the 24 elders. The word elder means ancient. The ones that are of a higher degree of understanding and knowledge in the Lord. And when you count the 20 and 4 elders, 4 plus 2 equals 6. It signifies man, but man has came and evolved into a different situation, another place. And it says that they would fall down before him, God, that sat on the throne, which is the seat of power. And they worshipped him forever and ever. And look what they did. They cast their crowns before the throne. You see, God has made us all kings and priests, and he has given us all what we call uh, crowns. And here we see that the 24 elders that are around the throne, in essence, they are the 12 apostles and the 12 originators of the tribes of Israel. And these 24 elders what they would do is they would submit themselves to the power and him that sat on the throne. In other words, they would humble themselves. And they would cast, throw out their crown, their authority, and submit it to the one that gave them the authority, the one that gave them the crown. Then they would say that you're the one that's worthy, O Lord, to receive the glory and the honor and the power because you're the one that created all of this and you created it for your pleasure. We've got to understand that when God raises us up, 
But we have to be humble. Because the worst thing that we can do and the most easiest thing that we can do is we can get lifted up in our pride and we can find ourselves in a bad situation with God, with ourselves, and with everyone else that we're related to. But here we see the true essence of humbleness because these 24 elders, they are right there around the throne right before the God who created all of us. And they submitted to him. Even in their glory and even in their honor, they submitted their crowns to him. In other words, they submitted themselves to God. Now, as we go on and we see in John 21, verse 6 and verse 7, would you go there with me? John 21, not going to be long. The book of John, 21st chapter. Verses 6 and verses 7. Over there. The word of the Lord said, and he said unto them, this is Jesus speaking. <clears throat> Jesus, after his resurrection, he was walking by the seaside. He saw Simon Peter, probably a couple of more of them. And he asked them, have you caught anything? You know, and they said, well, we've been fishing. We've been doing it all night, and we haven't been able to get anything yet. And he said unto them in verse 6, Cast the net, which is your mind, on the right side of the ship. The ship meaning your soul. Right side meaning the place where you receive from God. He said, Now I need you to cast your mind, your net, because you need to catch something. And I'm going to show you where to catch it. He said, Now, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and you shall find. And see, he gave them, them specific instructions, so they cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes, which is the multitude of truth. See, when we take and we allow our mind to be cast on the right side, of God, then God has all types of truth there for us to eat from. And just like we have to nourish ourselves physically, we also have to nourish ourselves spiritually. Verse 7 says, Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved, he said unto Peter, now this is John speaking to Peter, that disciple is John. St. John, he said, now, that disciple whom Jesus loves says to Peter, mm -hmm, it is the Lord. Now, when Simon Peter heard, because that's what Simon means here, the hearing of the word of God. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girded his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked, and did, there he is, 
cast himself into the sea. Here again, man has to cast himself into the presence of God. And like everything else, wherever it is that you cast yourself, if I cast something over there in that corner, that's where it's going to fall, right? In other words, that's where it's going to humble itself. Because to go down means to humble, be humble, right? Now, there's a lot of things going on in the world today. There's a lot of things going on in this nation today. And what God is doing is, is God is humbling us. But to get an idea of how insane man is and how haughty-spirited man is, that out of all the things that are happening, just like in the book of Revelation it says, out of all these things that went on, man still did not repent. And he is still not today repenting because he still thinks that he can do it in his own strength. But I've learned over the years through the hard knocks of life and through the stupidity of myself that I am not capable of leading my own life. It's not possible. Now, I don't know about you, it may be for you, but for me, the only thing that can help me is the Lord. I've tried everything else, it didn't work, son. And I've gone back to try it again, it still didn't work. That bridge is out, and that bridge will never be reconstruct it's a dead end street when we take our own initiative into our own hands we've just destroyed ourselves so the word of God says that Jesus gave them specific instructions and those instructions were to cash the net you know that mind of ours that's always trying to catch something and wind up catching nothing. <laughs> Am I talking to the congregation? Yeah. We're always trying to catch this. We can't catch that. We're trying to catch this. And while I'm at it, y'all pray for the pastors. They're going through they're going through, they're falling up by the wayside at an astronomical rate. And this coronavirus has really shown and revealed to a lot of leaders just how tired and wore out they were, that some of them don't even want to open their churches again. They've just, okay, I'm just going to do it this way. See, See, that's what happens when we stay away too long. That's what happens. It happens to leadership and it happens to the congregation because after all, under God, we're all sheep. And all of us need God. So he says to his disciples what they need to do. 
And they heard him. You see, they heard him. How many of y'all know that John means the gift of God, which is grace? And grace will allow you to hear what God is saying. That's why grace spoke it to those that had an ear to hear, the Simon Peters. He that had an ear to hear, let him hear. See, you got to have an ear to hear. For several weeks, I didn't hear nothing from God. Every time I go to try to hear something, and it happens like that. It happens like that. And one thing I know about this pulpit, you, you cannot force God's hand and just give the people anything. And that's why it's so important that one person don't run the show. That you, I'm talking to y'all pastors right here. Talking to y'all across the world. You got to raise up people that can stand in when you can't yourself. Because you ain't going to always be hearing from God. You might think you're hearing from God. And it becomes what we call a professional thing to you. Where you can just get up and do your little thing. But you're really not giving the people what God would have them to have because you're not hearing from God. You're hearing from yourself and your own ability and your own uh, 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 insight of what you think you know about this word. I say what you think because the Bible says search the scriptures because in them you think you have eternal life. Didn't say you had it. John 5.39 I believe is the scripture for that. You think you have eternal life. See you can be doing this thing and be going straight to hell all at the same time. I know what I'm talking about. Now it's time for us all of us to take a new look at this. A whole new look at what we're doing, how we're doing it, our relationship with God, where we are with God. Allow God to show us. Now, I'm going to tell you something about God. I used to think that God always speaks in the <clears throat> small, still voice. Well, he did that with Elijah. See, that's a mistake to think that God is always going to speak to us the same way. Sometimes God speaks in the fire like he did with the burning bush in Moses. Sometimes God speaks in the wind. But when he was speaking to Elijah, he wasn't in the wind. He wasn't in the fire. He wasn't in the thunder. He wasn't in none of that. He was in a small, still voice. Well, sometimes he'll speak to us out of the fire. Or out of the wind. Or out of the thunder. In an unknown voice. In a voice that you have not heard before from him. He'll change that thing up. And he'll hit you. About three weeks ago, God hit me with a voice that I hadn't heard before. I don't know why they pressed that up against that wall like that. It's bad on those. I don't... I want you to understand that when God spoke to me, it was like a thunder. 
from the heavens. And the voice was so authoritative until I had to take notice. Because God will rock your world. And I would rather for God to rock my world by speaking to me with his voice than by doing to me with his ability. Now, did you understand what I just said here? What I'm trying to say, church, is just time to get a little more serious. Because trying times, everybody's going through seriously going through. And we've discovered and we are discovering that money is not going to be able to save us even though some of us are still trapped in that. We're still running at that dollar, but that dollar has not saved us yet and it's not going to save you because it's not capable of saving you. Material things cannot save you. It's not capable of saving you and it's never been intended to save you. The only thing that can save us is our belief in Jesus Christ and the redemption process that he did on Calvary. Can I get an amen? So here's the Lord and he speaks in different ways. He spoke to Balaam through a jackass. An unfamiliar voice, but it was still God speaking. He wasn't familiar with that voice. See, sometimes God has to speak to us in an unfamiliar voice, in a voice that you have not heard before. Because sometimes we become so easily complacent in hearing him the same way. And God said, okay, I'm going to change it up. If you don't hear me this way, you're going to hear me that way. If you don't hear me that way, then I really got something over on, and I don't want that over there. Because you might not get back from that when God put that thing on you. you When God put it on you. So y'all be praying for these pastors and stuff because they're going through. They men and women just like we are. They make all the rest of it. They make mistakes and, you know, and they blow and, you know. And time and time again, the Bible says that God is merciful and his mercy is often returning. And that's a good thing about God. That's a good thing about him. Because we all need mercy and grace. Let's turn to James 4.10. Book of James 4.10. James tells us here, we're talking about casting. The Bible says in James 4.10 that if you humble yourselves uh in the sight of the Lord, he'll be the one to lift you up. That's his word, right? Uh Now, in order to humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, that means you've got to Throw yourself that way. You've got to cast yourself that way. And when you go, notice that wherever you throw yourself or whatever it is that you throw, just like faith. Remember that fishing rod and the whole setup. When it's cast out, it'll go and it'll fall wherever you cast it out at, right? 
And there's something down in there, talking about faith now, the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. See, you can't see what's under that water, but you believe. You believe it. That if you keep throwing that thing out there, you're throwing it out there in faith. That's what you're doing. And that's what we're doing when we're going at things in God. We're throwing it out in faith. And when we throw it out in faith, it'll sink. It'll humble itself. And it'll go right there, humble itself to that where you cast it out at. So if you cast yourself, you humble yourself. If you cast yourself toward God, the sight of God, that's where it's going to humble itself. You. And then God will begin to lift you up instead of us trying to lift up ourselves. A humble man is the most precious thing on the face of the earth. The Bible says that Moses was the meekest man on the face of the earth. Now, it doesn't mean weak. It just means strength under control. I know my ability. I know my shortcoming. But I'd be a fool. Listen to me. I would be a fool to think that I'm all that when I know that I'm nothing. See, the Bible says if any man thinks he's something when he knows he's nothing, he deceives himself. And the problem is, is that people won't humble themselves. The problem is, is that leadership don't humble themselves before God and before the people. The problem is, is that Instead of us being servants, we want to be served. When I say we, I'm not talking about me because I don't care it like that. Nobody in this church carries it like that because they know that I don't care it like that. And I brought them up that way to be humble and to walk among God's people in a humble way and not try to be more than what you are, regardless of what you've done in life. Because you can be up today and down tomorrow. You better hear me. And if you believe it in your money, you might have it one day. You ain't got nothing the next day. If you trust it in your strength and in your health, you might have it today. But the next day, you might not have it. See, none of these things can be rectifiable in God's eyes. The only thing that God wants to see is that we're humble. That's all he wants from us. Humility. So when we look at it and, and, and we see what God is really saying to us, as we go to Matthew 15, verse 30, put Matthew 15, verse 30 up there for me. It says, a great multitude, a lot of them. Talking about humbling, watch it. It's going to be in the scripture. They came unto him. They came to Jesus. Having with them those that were unable to walk. We're talking spiritually. Unable to walk this thing the way it ought to be walked. Blind. Unable to see what God is trying to say to us. Dumb because we don't know what God is. See, see, see if, if you're blind, you can't see nothing. And if you can't see nothing... You're dumb because you don't even know what God is saying. 
You can't see what he's saying. And then the main, those are the ones that are wounded. And then many others, all kinds. Look what he did. They, 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 the great multitude brought all these people. See, we're the great multitude, mankind. And all kinds come to Jesus. The blind, the crippled, and the crazy. From 8 to 80, blind, crippled, or crazy come to Jesus. And they come to be healed. So when we come, look what happened. And cast them where? Humble. Humble. Where? At not at the feet of man, but at the feet of Jesus. Not at the feet of their materialistic wealth. No. No. But at the feet of Jesus. We're looking at humility here. At his feet. The 24 elders, where did they cast the crown? Before the throne, at his feet. When we come to Jesus, we need to come bowed down in a humble position. Yeah, we come boldly to the throne of grace, but we don't come like no fool. Like God got to do this for me. No. God doesn't have to do anything for us. God has blessed us in many ways. Now, 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 God, you see, I've learned another thing about being blessed by God. That's a dangerous thing, too. Because a blessing comes with a curse, too. And it also comes with an instruction book. And if you don't follow the instructions, then you're going to get the tail end of that blessing. That's why the, the word blessed means not only to be blessed in a good way, but it can also mean to be cursed. That's why I told you before, you got to be careful when people say, well, I'm going to bless you. You need to know what spirit that is. Because everybody don't like you. (laughs) Everybody ain't for you. Everybody is not concerned about your welfare in a good way. A lot of people want to see you down. And we see that on social media all the time. And, and boy, don't they love to ridicule a preacher or anybody else that's got some kind of authority or power. Now, they love, them. They love it. Now, they'll take that train and they'll ride that train all the way from here to New York and back. Railing, 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 railing. But then I say pray. Pray for that person. Help that person. You know? I don't take no joy in seeing nobody in pain. You know what I mean? I'm scared to do that. I'm scared to do that. I'm scared to say certain things because life and death is in the power of the tongue. And like my wife said, I I think it was on Wednesday or last week, one, one or the other, that words have creative power to them. They create things. And we don't need to bring something on us that's going to hurt us. And pride 
and a big mouth in pride will destroy an individual and everything else that's around that individual if we're not careful. See, they laid it at the foot of Jesus, didn't they? Uh Uh-huh. Great multitude. God is a powerful God to be able to handle not the sins of the world. We say, behold, the Lamb of God who taketh away the S-I-N. Ain't no big sin, little sin. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? See, religion be playing them old sin games with people. This sin over here is worse than that one. No, every sin carries the wage of death. Well, wage is. You got an S on that. That means it's a wage to every sin. Hmm? The wages of S-I-N is death. Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the S-I-N. One sin, disobedience, and all else protrudes from it. Amen? Just one, disobedience, and under that one, all of the come. Well, you one sin when you go against God. The wage of that is death. Let's look at Second Corinthians ten verse five. Second Corinthians ten verse five. Amen. Over there. It says, it is casting what? Down. Uh-huh. Humbling that. What? Imagination. See, 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 that imagination goes on in our head, in our mind, right? And we can imagine some crazy things sometimes as human beings, can't we? Huh? Like, you can shoot some bleach in you and <laughs> kill the coronavirus. Now, that's crazy. Imagination. Imagination that's out of control will cause an individual to do things and say things and be things that they normally wouldn't be or do or say. Imagination will. And that's why it's so important that we think before we speak and definitely before we act. Because it says, cast down that imagination. Humble it. And every high thing, humble it, that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. But let me ask you this, church. If you don't know God, or your relationship with God is jacked up, like some of ours is always, you know, we, we, we're in and out. You know how it go. Sometimes we're up, sometimes we're down, sometimes we're in the middle. We're going to be honest about it. 
We're not robots where you can be programmed to do this. This is God living something he likes himself, living in something he hates, a clay vessel, dirt. So God placed what he loved in something that he hates to cause the seed of him to grow. But how can you cast down your imagination? How can you cast down every thought that exalts itself against God if you don't know God and if you don't know the word of God? You won't know. So the devil, what he do? He blinds the people of this world. Not only outside the church, but inside too. He can get all of us. And he can have our imagination so jacked up. And he can have our thoughts so jacked up until we forget about hope. And when we forget about hope, we forget about God. And when we forget about God, it's over. It's over. So he tells us. Cast it down. Cast down those imaginations. Cast down those strongholds, those things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. And bringing it into captivity. Every thought to the obedience of Christ. I'm going to tell you something. You think about that. Bring it into captivity Every thought. Do you know how many thoughts your mind thinks on a daily basis? You talking about bring it all into the captivity? That sounds like a whole lot of work, don't it? It tires me out just to think about that. But that's what the words say do. Huh? That's what it say do. So now when I think about Elijah and he said, now Elijah, you need to get up and you need to eat. Because the journey is too great for you. We can't walk this journey called life on our own without God. And then God had to come back and tell him again, get up and eat. For the journey, he chanted up. The journey is too long for us to try to do this thing on our own. Oh, we might do it for a day. We might do it for a week. We might do it for a couple weeks. But I'll guarantee you, without God, it won't last. It won't last. I don't care what you got. It won't last. I don't care who you think you are. You won't last. So we build our whole life around things and power and recognition, not realizing that the person who's seen the most is going to also be the one 
who is seen the most when their life get raggedy. <laughs> oh, you think your life won't get raggedy? You keep living. You're going to have some raggedy times in your life. Am I talking to a church that got some good sense up in here? If you live long enough, you're going to have some raggedy times in your life. Some times when you just ain't going to understand what you need to understand about God, about life, about yourself, about the church, about your friend, you, about your image. You ain't going to understand nothing. And that's when God said, go to your room and shut up. Just go to your room and shut up. Because what I'm doing to you is I'm refining you to be a better you. But you can't refine silver or gold unless fire put to it. And I learned a long time ago that a turtle got more than one gear. You put fire behind it, and I'll guarantee you, you'll see a second and a third and might go to a fourth and a fifth if you keep that fire on him hot enough. You ever done it? I did it before. I wanted to know could he move faster than that. I got tired of seeing it. And that's what God do to us. He get tired of seeing us like a turtle dragging all around old poison me. And he thinking about what his son did on Calvary, you know, for us. And so he put some fire under us. Put us in another gear. See? Because there's something about heat. Heat will take a lazy mind and give it inspiration to get up and go. Amen. Now, all of us get lazy sometimes. All of us do. Sometimes I don't want to do nothing and don't do nothing. And some, some people say, I, I go make some money. I, gotta go. I ain't going to do nothing. Because I figured out that money can't save me. And a lot of times I'm better off without it than with it. For the truth of the matter. Because money opens up opportunities, the doors. And some of them doors that we be walking in in money, we don't need to be walking in. Because they cause discomfort, pain to us, things of that nature. A couple of more scriptures and I'm out of here. First Peter 5, 7. First Peter 5, 7. The Bible says, casting all your casting. Why are we going to hold on to it when he say cast it on him? See, the things that we care about, what they do is they puff themselves up, become big in our life, right? But they also wear us down. You see? So he said, now what I need for you to do is cast all, not some, but casting all your care 
upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. See, that's another thing. We can get so imaginative in our minds until we forget God cares about us because our imagination has torn us apart. Makes us crazy. Makes us unwilling to do anything but be crazy. So when we get into that mode of being crazy, see, that's all you know because you're locked in. Well, how many of y'all know we need to get locked in on God that way? We need to get locked in on God that way. So, so, so God is taking this nation through a time of turmoil, and it's going from one thing to another. And from that, it's going to go to another. And from that, it's going to go to another. And if we're not careful, if we're not careful, because we're right on the brink of losing our freedom. Have you seen what's happening to Hong Kong lately since China took over? China lied when they took it from the Brits or when the Brits released it back to China. They said, okay, we're going to let them stay under that democratic democracy. We ain't going to bother. We just want them back. It wasn't long before China sent in troops to put them under Chinese rule. And they over there fighting now. Well, that's what's going on with us now. Same thing. We are about, we're on the brink of losing whatever democracy we ever had, whatever freedom we ever had. We're on the verge of all that being lost. We're right there on the verge of it. And the thing about it is, is that the ignorant, the stupid, they're helping to lock the cage in on their own selves by going along with it. That's how stupid. See, that's what happens when you become blind and you don't lay it at the foot of Jesus, see, but you lay it at the foot of a man. So now we're on the brink, on the verge of just straight out losing. Straight out losing. Things have changed. And they ain't going back. It's going forward. And as it goes forward, it's going to get more and more demonstrous on us. It's going to get more and more difficult on us. That's why the Bible says that he's going to wear the saints out. We're being worn out, y'all. And it ain't even started yet. It's just just a little sprout right now. And we're already being worn out. And the Bible said, now, if you can't contend with the footman, how are you going to run with the horses? How you, how, how, how this thing, if you were out now, what's going to happen? You're going to get completely trampled over when the horses get to running. That means they get this thing like they want it. And, and, and that horse starts galloping. Them, them, them four horsemen 
of the apocalypse. When them four horsemen start galloping. I'm talking about galloping. See, they walking right now. You know, they ain't doing nothing right now but just setting up everything. But they're going to get to galloping. And when they get to galloping, everything, all hell going to break loose for real. You think hell ain't broke loose right now. You're going to see what hell is right here on earth. <laughs> you talk about hell is hot. It's, it's going to get hot here. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. It ain't hot yet. Your stove won't warm. You got, your stove, <laughs> stove just don't warm right now. I ain't trying to scare you. I'm just trying to tell you like it is. Because you need to know the difference between warm and hot. <laughs> you seen them electric stoves when you put that thing on high and it get fiery red? That's hot. That's hot. Ain't hot yet. But it's going to get there real quick. Last verse. I'm going to leave you with some hope. Micah 7, verse 18 and 19. Micah 7, verses 18 and 19. I'm going to leave you with some hope and then we're going to go. Can I get that up there? Yes, sir. Who is a God like unto thee? See it? Mike is a relatively difficult book for you to find. You can get a look at it up here. It asks the question, who is like a God? Or who is a God like unto thee? That's the question. Look what God does for us. He pardons our iniquities. Boy, ain't that good? Ain't that good no matter how bad a children we've been. God still pardons our iniquities. Somebody say, that's a good God. And he passes by the transgressions of the who? The remnant. What's that word remnant? Ain't a lot of us. He said he passed by the transgressions of the remnant. Because all Israel ain't Israel, the Bible said. <laughs> and God said, now, in the book of Revelation, he said it twice. I know where y'all false Jews are. Y'all claim y'all selves to be Jews, but you sit in the synagogue of Satan. You say, you ain't mine. For too long you've given your heritage to a fake Jew. When you should have been giving it to yourself. Because you are of that remnant. He said, I'm going to pardon your iniquities and I'm going to pass by the transgressions. Of the remnant of his heritage. Uh huh. He retaineth. This is what I like to. He retaineth not his anger forever. See he ain't going to stay mad at us forever. Because. Good God Almighty. He delights in mercy. His mercy. Endureth forever. So many times. He says that in the book of Psalms. And his mercy is often returning. See, see, he's not a God that likes being angry at his children. Do you like being angry at your children? You get angry with them, then you get over it, don't you? As soon as possible. Amen? Ain't no difference. But God with us. 
If you want to know God, all you got to do is look at the way you handle being a good parent. Same thing. We're God under him. We're God under the God. He's a parent. We're a parent. He was fruitful and multiplied. Told us to be fruitful, multiply. Mm-hmm. He subdued the universe. He told us to do and have dominion over the earth. God's a good God. He said, now, I'm going to pass by the iniquities and the transgressions of the remnant of his heritage. That means those of us that left. That's why it's so important. He whosoever and do it to the end shall be saved. We got to go all the way, y'all. We got to go get up, rise up, and eat. For this journey is too great for you and for me to walk this thing alone. We got to have God and we got to have each other. But mostly you got to have God. You take God out of the equation, I don't care who else you got, it ain't going to work. I'm going to tell you once again, and I'm closing. You put your trust in a man, and you done cursed yourself already. Man can't do it for you. You can't do it for yourself. I can't do it for me. Nobody can but God. Amen? Give God praise.